This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail and United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, JTM Food Group. Check out our new line of chef-crafted favorites available in stores now. JTM, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation, where there's help, there's hope, and by Norcom. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by... Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. Jim Day out in Arizona. I am Tommy Thraw in studio. And, uh, well, we've got a, a log-jammed show for you today. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we will have Hal Morris on the show, 1990 World Series champion. He'll be on in the second half hour. Uh, Jay Allen will be on a little bit later on. Jim Day had a chance to uh, chat with him out in Arizona. Jimmy, how is it out there? Oh, it is sunny and pretty and nice, and the sounds of baseball fill up the complex as the minor leaguers continue their minor league camp, and they're all here now. So it is a full house on that side of the building, and, uh, you know, it's just watched an inter-squad scrimmage today, so I'm at least getting baseball in my veins, so it's nice. Well, that's good. I like to hear that, and uh, it is it is good for the soul, I'm sure, to hear the pop of the mitt, crack of the bat little baseball chatter, all that, uh, and it, it certainly probably feels a little bit normal given where we all should be this time of year. As far as the lockout goes, update on that, uh, they are still trying to meet and get a deal done today. Understand it uh, as it's being reported that if a deal is, in fact, finalized today, uh, that we would still be able to get 162 games in. Jim, that's very, very exciting. The question is, Will this deal finally get done today? Yeah, you know, when you follow along, and I'm no lawyer, um, certainly. And I, I, at this point, it feels like you need to be a lawyer to feel, figure out all the intricate details. I mean, it is very elaborate, This the CBA. Um, so there's some things that are holding it up. But, you know, when you heard that, that they could still get 162 games in, and that would be by filling in some off days, playing some doubleheaders, et cetera, if you do it now, uh, today. Uh, you're able to do that um, looking at the calendar. And, you know, that's exciting. That's, you know, no harm, no foul, if you will, to mix in a, a few off days and some double headers. I think that's very, very doable. So they are much, much, much closer today than they were a week ago. And it seems like they're within striking distance. So I, I think they're hopefully going to talk through the night here. Yeah, Evan Drellich of The Athletic has been reporting on this uh, all day long, along with Ken Rosenthal, uh, 
Ken Rosenthal, uh, by the way, tweeting out moments ago, the deadline for what it's worth is sometime tonight. And tonight is a word that can be interpreted interpreted quite liberally as he puts tonight it on in, Twitter. Into the early morning. <laughs> early morning. So um, anyway, let's just keep our fingers crossed that they uh, come to an agreement. It sounds like one of the big sticking points right now, the international draft. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll just have to see where this whole thing goes. Sounds like the owners want it. The players don't. Um, the, the owners have even said, according to reports, and again, Evan Drellich reporting this, that uh, if that is something that that gets it's something that's out there, one of the options would be let's talk about it and revisit this maybe in three years uh, if this is not something that the players decide that they want, which would completely reopen the CBA at that point and uh, basically turn it into a three-year agreement as opposed to a five-year agreement. We'll see what happens, but clearly they're trying to get creative to get this thing done, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, this is something that will end up getting done soon. So that is our report on the CBA. That's the latest. Of course, if you want the latest, go to MLB.com slash update. Uh, Mark Feinstein doing a fine job to uh, post the latest stories on that. So the Reds Hot Stove League is always presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. And Jim, we're talking about reports. You've got a little report from out there uh, in Arizona. What's the latest out there? What are you seeing with minor league camp now in full swing? Well, you're seeing guys, as we talked about in weeks past, that they're, you know, easing guys in. Now they're, you know, they're full go. They've had a couple of a uh, few scrimmages against their next door neighbor, the Cleveland Guardians. I well done. Right. Well done. Th- thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, some had one over there, had one over here. They've had several intra-squad scrimmages. Um, and, you know, they're playing nine and ten innings. A lot of pitchers are getting work. So they're they're really ramping up. The minor league season starts uh, middle of the month here. So ne- next week, I believe, uh, minor league spring training season, I should say. Um, so they'll play some real games next week. But the, they're ramping up, and the players that you would expect uh, to look good have looked good and have passed the eye test with me, Tommy. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, I, I do have to ask this. Are you going over to the Guardians complex and watching those games? Over I there, did you... go over to the did Guardians you? complex. Ah, I see, certainly I mean, did. this is a guy that's really putting in the work. <laughs> I went over there in enemy territory. And I'm impressed. Here's the thing. I'm covering, uh, I'm doing some stuff for social media through the Reds accounts, just trying to help out in any way I can. And I went over there with a camera slung over my shoulder. Wow. Y- yes, me behind the camera. See, because all I'm seeing. A lot of people would root for anyway. So right, yeah. Just putting behind oh, the camera. I, I didn't say it. Uh, I, I'm shocked because all I've seen is pictures of sushi and food. So I'm glad to know that you're actually putting in some real work out there. It makes right, me happy. Folks, you know, there's a, there's a place out here that we've embarrassed ourselves <laughs> ordering sushi. So I, I send him pictures of sushi as if. There's no sushi in Cincinnati. Tommy, go get yourself some sushi. There is. There's I good will. places in Cincinnati. It's not like I'm holding you back. No, I know. Me, so. I know. But uh, okay. it is. It just, you know, right. lets me know you're thinking of me. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. what, you talked about uh, you're watching some of these inter-squad games. Are these, yeah. these inter-squad games, how uh, controlled are they? Are they pretty much just a full-fledged baseball game? Uh, I mean, are they stopping innings in the middle, putting base runners out there. What what do these games look like? I mean, how how exactly are they playing out right now? The intra-squad scrimmages, if let's say a guy, uh, a pitcher gets three quick outs, they will leave him out there for a few more batters. So it's controlled in that manner where they will get the, the, the pitcher's work in. When you're facing the Guardians, uh, not so much. There's been one instance, <coughs> I think, where they wanted to 
uh, hold a guy out there. And then the Reds had a, a lead against the Guardians here, and they went ahead and played the bottom of the ninth inning uh, just because the Indians had a pitcher left that they wanted to get work. So it's controlled in that regard. You want to you want it to be beneficial for both sides and whatever you're trying to do, you're trying to, you got a list of pitchers, you're trying to get them all work. But other than that, it's a straight game. I mean, in those, those games against Cleveland, you know, there are umpires, um, there are umpires in the inter-squad scrimmages that are just the Reds coaches, but you know, it's a, it's like watching a true baseball game. So it's, it's good stuff. And there's, you know, the, the game today, Matt McLean, who was Reds first round pick this past year out of UCLA, uh, he's looked really good, Tommy. I mean, they, they've described this guy as he's a shortstop, um, and they describe him as a ball player. That's exactly how I would describe him. He's just an all-around gritty baseball player. Uh, he is, took a had to be like a 97-mile-per-hour fastball and took it in the right center field gap, and he's just looked good consistently throughout. So he he has stood out. And some other guys that you would expect to stand out, the the higher-end prospects have, have looked really good. Jay Allen, who was from – uh, the draft last year has looked good. Reese Hines looks really good. Austin Hendricks is a guy that's battled injury. He came to camp 19 pounds lighter. Wow. So he's much more nimble, uh, looking good. There's a catcher, Daniel Viohin, um, has looked really good. That was a kid that was kind of tiny, and then all of a sudden he's just grown into his body, showed up much heavier and much stronger. He's a catcher. Uh, he looks really good, left-handed hitter. Um Another guy that stood out is Ronnie Dawson. I think they got in the uh, the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft from Houston, who had a cup of coffee with the Astros at the big league level. He's an outfielder from just outside of God's country, Columbus, Ohio, from Grove City, Ohio. <laughs> uh, he has looked good. I, I would expect a guy like Ronnie Dawson and Matt McClain, once they do get a deal done, that those guys will be in big league camp. I, I fully expect that. Yeah, that's uh, that's impressive. I mean, McLean, as you mentioned, still a, uh, a very, very as far as the draft goes. I mean, he was yeah. just that's unofficial. Himself. That's just my right, opinion. right. That's just your uh, just your take on it. But yeah, um, you talk about his bat to ball skills. I mean, is this is he impress you more with the bat or more with the glove? McLean, yeah, both. Yeah, both. Wow. He's just solid. He's just a solid player. He's just there might not be one tool that stands out above others. He's just solid all around. He's just he's just a gritty baseball player. I'll certainly look forward to seeing him once uh, we all get out to uh, Arizona. Um, and again, we are talking about Matt McLean, uh, shortstop, and that's one of the things that we were talking about uh, earlier in the hot stove season. Was it seems like the Reds have a lot of guys that are capable of playing shortstop, and th- that just speaks to the athleticism that's in the system, which is certainly encouraging because it's a lot easier to move off of short to another position than it is to try to find somebody that can play shortstop. Yeah, there are, there are problems along the way. There's log jams. I mean, if you have a log jam at the position, we all think, okay, they got a log jam at the major league level. They're going to have to move a guy when he gets up to that. But the log jam is really at the minor league level as well because you've got to get those guys games and starts and there's only so many levels of baseball. So I, I think it's even came up last year with Ellie De La Cruz and Jose Torres is another young shortstop who has looked good. Um, that's the reason I think that De La Cruz was playing some third base because they were trying to get Torres some starts as well. So you've got to split those guys up. McLean's got to go to one team. De La Cruz has got to go to one team. Uh, Torres has to go to one team because you want them playing every day at shortstop. So 
that's where the log jam happens. So that's uh, one of the problems they're going to have to work out. I, I know one of the concerns a couple of years ago, and we talked about this too at the time, is, is possible development being stunted by not having a minor league season. Certainly the guys that went to the alternate training site got a lot out of that. We saw major progress. Tyler Stevenson uh, it, being one of those. So we saw a lot of guys that had, had serious progress there. Uh, are you seeing guys that maybe you thought, boy, you're kind of seeing the, the lack of a minor league season or have guys pretty much caught up at this point? No, I think the guys are still behind. This has been a tough couple of years as far as development goes. I mean, there are guys, I talked to Austin Hendricks, um, high draft pick for the Red. He didn't even have a senior season in high school. So not only are these guys, you know, not having minor league seasons, they're coming off of years not having a senior season in high school. And when there was no minor league season whatsoever in 2020, that's just a year that you just don't get back. Right. And there are, there are players that have showed up, shown up here at the complex that for just because of protocols that some of the brass are just meeting for the first time. Wow. That's <laughs> wild. Doing? Yeah. So it's been very, very different. It's been very, very tough on development. Well, it seems like it is a beneficial time right now out there for the minor leaguers that are in minor league camp. Speaking of minor league camp, that's where Jay Allen is right now. He's our next guest. Jim Day caught up with him out in Arizona. That conversation is next. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Bank, Budweiser, and UDF. Our next guest was drafted last year by the Reds out of Fort Pierce, Florida, out of Carroll Catholic High School. He is Jay Allen and Jeb Day. Caught up with him out in Arizona earlier this week. All right, my pleasure to welcome in Jay Allen. First round pick of a year ago, Fort Pierce, Florida. How's camp going for you? Um, camp's great. Um, just getting acclimated and ready for spring, ready for games to start. So, I mean, it's all going good. Is it what you expected, Pro Bomb? You're straight out of high school, a highly touted five-tool player. We love that, or at least you hope it's five tools in the future. Is it what you expected? Um, yeah, for the most part, all the guys are cool. They're all all older and all um, taking me in with opening arms and just telling me how camp would be and how, I mean, everything's crazy right now, but it is what I kind of expected, and it, um, it's going smooth right now. How's it going in the outfield? I know you'd like to be a center fielder, stay in center field. You're a three-sport athlete in high school, the starting quarterback on the high school team, uh, very athletic, so you'd like to stay in center field? Yeah, yes, sir. It's going it's going good. Um, just trying to stay as polished as possible, and that's that's with the help of ED and um, and all those guys out there. We all we all kind of piggyback off each other, and um, we watch each other's mistakes, and we also watch what we do good, and we kind of take it in and just all use it as an outfield group, so it's going good. Now, you mentioned ED in Reds country. Everyone knows that is Eric Davis, who is working with you guys exclusively. I mean, every day. He's in basically every drill with you guys, and I know – you know, it's a few generations before you. I'm sure there was a time where you were like, all right, let me look up Eric Davis, right? Yes. Um, 
I'm pretty familiar with games, so I mean, I played MLB The Show. I see Eric Davis's car go through there, and um, he's pretty unique. He's always had the unique batting stance and then the history that he had. So um, just learning from that guy and um, taking in pretty much every single word he says because he's one of the best outfielders. Yeah, and he was a five-tool player as well. And I know you've mentioned that to, to me before. Not everyone has five tools, um, but you would like to be a, known as a five-tool player, correct? Yeah, I mean, I really do. Um, I think uh, the the hardest one is probably speed and the hit tool. Um, hitting can be so outrageous and just so complicated. But the more you simplify it, the more um, easy hitting comes to you. And I, I think um, if you cover those two big skills, um, the other three are easy just to work on and um, progress over time. So I think I could really do that. What do you think? I mean, you're early on. You're straight out of high school, and it's been tough to develop with the COVID years, et cetera. But what do you think in your mind that you need to work on and how to refine your game to move through the minor league system as quickly as you'd like? Um, just let the game slow down. I think I did um, a pretty good job of doing that coming in the rookie ball and not knowing what to expect and just um, just play my game and, and let it slow down. And EDs told me. Um, I've, I've seen them say out coming out of high school, guys play like high schoolers and they need to learn how to slow it down. So I really took that in consideration and just trying to learn how to slow the game down, not speed up, not speed up my feet, speed up my arm, just let it go easy. Yeah, it's a little different but when you make that transition from football or even basketball to baseball, whereas football you want to be amped up, you know, it's a it's 120% all the time. In baseball, got to kind of ease it back. Yeah, um, football with football and um, and basketball, those are quick pace games. You got to be moving full speed all the time. Um, baseball is kind of different. You can you can slow your feet and you can still be smooth. You can still um, you can slow down your movements and still be fluid. So that's that's the whole point of baseball is trying to be fluid and not try to look so rushed. All right, on Monday a scrimmage, big old triple in that with the you know the big brass looking on that had to feel good. Yeah, um, for sure. All I needed, <laughs> I, I told I told um, me and Matt McClain, we have a saying, um, all we need is one, one hit, and um, we feel great again. Um, so struggling, coming in, um, trying to find a barrel, and um, I, I got one, and I, I, I felt good this whole time, just needed one. Well, lots of luck. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck on working on all five tools, and we wish you the best of luck wherever you end up, wherever you start in the minor leagues this year. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Very impressive. Uh, that's Jim Day. With uh, Jay Allen, who is, uh, according to Baseball America, the Reds' number seven prospect coming into the season, uh, you, you talk about a guy that's a five-tool player. And I think the thing that stands out the most when you talk about athletes, I mean, he could have been a Division One quarterback, and he decided to choose baseball. He had committed to go play college baseball at Florida. There's a lot to like about this guy. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, he's he's got – I mean, he's well-spoken, and he's, he seems to have his head on straight. And I, I did another interview with him uh, video-wise and just asking me, you know, what do you do on an off day? And he's like, train, play some video games, but usually it's about training my body or my mind. So he's locked in. I love to hear that he plays MLB The Show, too. That warms yeah. my heart. Registration is now open for the 2022 Reds baseball and softball camps. There are 15 locations available throughout Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, and all are designed for boys and girls of all abilities. Register by March 15th to receive early bird pricing. Visit Reds.com slash camps. The Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, continues with Hal Morris next on the Reds Radio Network.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. Jim Day is out in Arizona. This is Tommy Thraw. I am in studio in Cincinnati. Thanks for joining us. Well, Jim, unfortunately, we came on the show uh, with a little bit of optimism, but some bad news just being passed along to us. Yeah, apparently they're uh, they're at a stalemate once again, um, and they, Major League Baseball has, looking at the calendar, another two series have been removed from the schedule, meaning that opening day, as far as I'm not talking about opening day in Cincinnati, just opening day when the first games would be postponed at least till April 14th. So uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred issued a statement today, which I'm sure will be readily available on MLB.com slash update coming up. Um, There was uh, uh, the international draft, I I suppose, was uh, one of the sticking issues. And uh, according to reports, uh, Major League Baseball gave them three options of which to choose. And the Players Association declined those three options. So. We'll see what happens, Tommy. These, you know, they say deadline, and then all of a sudden it's not a deadline. So we'll just kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's all we can do. Uh, not much else. So we uh, we continue to wait and see and hope at the same time. Well, uh, we're proud to welcome in and excited to welcome in now 1990 World Series champion and certainly professional hitter, Hal Morris. Hal, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. How are things going with you? What are you up to these days? Uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, all, all is well with me. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my retirement, um, but uh, um, I, I live north of Chicago now. Uh, my, my wife and I have uh, two uh, uh, young girls, six and nine, and I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with my nine-year-old uh, watching her play tennis. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying that a great deal. Now, if correct me if I'm wrong here, but you played a little tennis back in your day too, didn't you? I, I did. I, I don't think I've, I, I played as well as, as she's going to play. <laughs> but uh, I, I did. I played in high school uh, in Indiana. Uh, the, the the tennis season is happens to be in the fall, so I was able to play tennis in the fall and baseball in the spring, and I, I still play occasionally. But I tell you, who's a good tennis player is Paul O'Neill. Paul is a heck of a player. Paul was pretty much good at everything, was he not? I mean, what an athlete! I got to watch him uh, growing up in high school in Columbus, and he w- he was just an unbelievable athlete. Absolutely. I tell you what else you could do. Uh, we would play basketball in the off season. We would we would play, uh, you know, at various high schools and you know around Ohio and Indiana. Um, and then I actually think Paul could have been an NBA player. He he was he could really yeah. handle the ball and shoot. And you know he Paul's a big guy. You know he's six five and and nickname uh, big, yeah, I, I, big big exactly. <laughs> well, you went wow. to. Uh, I got to ask you about this. Uh, you went to Michigan. And it, by the way, you were on a team with some incredible players, but uh, you, you squared off, correct me if I'm wrong, in the regionals against Jeff Brantley's Mississippi State Bulldogs. 
now, now you had a little success there against the Cowboy, did you not? Well, you listen, I, I, I did. I, I, as I recall, I, I hit two home runs off him, and uh, then he walked me after that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I, I didn't listen. I didn't remind him about that too often when he, when we were in Cincinnati. Only once a week or so. I I was know about the that. key word there is too often. Ah, yeah, it might have come up from time to time. Yeah, Jeff well, Brown right. was hoping that was all gone and forgotten by now, but his partner just threw him under the bus. I did. Chucked him right under both sets of wheels. That's all right. Uh, they beat us, so they got the last laugh. Uh, you 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 talk about that team, uh, and and one of the guys that you played with there was part of that '90 World Series team, uh, Barry Larkin. Uh, did you did you envision w- when you came over to the Reds in that '90 season that you guys were 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 really set up to do what you ended up doing? Because by a lot of counts on the national stage, you guys were underdogs, but then you end up winning the whole thing, wire to wire. I mean, did you guys know in spring training, looking around the the, the clubhouse, and hey, we got a chance to be pretty special? Yeah, you know, uh, they had come in second place, uh, I, I think, in the National League West two of the three years prior to that. They had been competitive in the National League West. And uh, the story that, that we all tell is that the first time that uh, we all met as a team when the, when the, when the position players got in there, um, we had been locked out in 90, you know, akin to what's going on uh, right now. Uh, so it was all very hurried. But, but when we did get in there, um, Lou uh, sat us all down. He said, "Hey, fellas, uh, you know you've had success." Um, he, he, uh, Lou was very deferential to Pete Rose. He said, "You know, Pete's done a good job with you guys, um, but I'll tell you what." Um, he said, "We got the talent here to win, and we're and we're going to win this year." Well, I want to ask you more about that, but we got to get to a break. So, uh, if you got some time, stick around. Plenty more to talk to Hal Morris about 1990 World Series champion. Joining us. On the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in to the Reds Hot Stove League. The 2022 Reds Heads Kids Club and Reds Rookies Baby Club are on sale now. Each kit includes exclusive Reds gear, two free tickets, and special offers purchased now at reds.com slash fan clubs. Continuing our conversation now with Hal Morris. Uh, we were talking about that 90 team, and, and you were talking about playing for Lupinella. And uh, what, what was that experience like? I mean, you played for several different managers over your lengthy major league career. Where, where, where does he kind of fit in uh, as far as guys that you enjoyed playing for? I think I like playing for Lou uh, more than any other manager. I played for some, some, a lot of fine managers. I, I, I played for Dallas Green briefly. I played for Davey Johnson in Cincinnati. Um, but uh, Lou, Lou certainly was the most entertaining of all the managers I played for and, and made our life on a day-to-day basis uh, the, the most interesting. Uh, you know, he, he, he was very uh, emotional, very competitive, uh, very passionate about, about baseball and winning. And, 
ninety percent of the time that was that was good. <laughs> Occasionally, you know, uh, he he would be could be a little rough on the young pitchers, but <laughs> as, as a position player, Lou was great to great to play for, and he was a great hitting instructor. He he helped he helped so many of us so much with our hitting. I I love playing for Lou. Now, what was Lou's reaction to you? You had a very unusual hitting approach, Hal. Um, you were a pure hitter. What you hit three forty during that championship season of nineteen ninety, but you would move your feet in the box. Did he or anyone else try to get you away from that? And where did that start? Well, it's, it's funny. Uh, Lou was probably the, the the genesis of me moving my feet because really uh, when I was when I was in um, the minor leagues with the Yankees. Uh, at one point in time, Lou was a special assistant to the general manager. He, he had a lot of different roles in New York, and they sent him down to work with me for a couple of days in Columbus. And he wanted me. I was very still as a hitter, and I didn't move a lot. And he was trying to teach me to to uh, get some weight shift and to, to to rock my feet from my my right foot to my left foot and back my right foot. And frankly, I started kind of tinkering with that. And that's when I started moving my feet more. When I, when I was in Michigan, I actually like hit out of a low crouch. I didn't move at all. Um, but uh, so, so, so since Lou had kind of got me started doing that, uh, he, he, you know, it was, he was very, uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, he stressed rhythm a lot in his hitting. And uh, he used to work with uh, Paul and me a lot about trying to get more rhythm, more weight shifts in our swing. So it, it never bothered Lou. And uh, he, he, you know, never, never discouraged me from, from moving. Now you kind of had the reputation of, of being a contact guy, uh, not necessarily a power hitter. But, I mean, I look, you, you hit 16 home runs in 96. You had some pop in your bat. Was there ever a temptation to try to hit more home runs, or was that just – kind of a different mindset for hitters as a whole uh, at the time in which you played. It, it was a different mindset. You know, I think <clears throat> that, that uh, striking out was kind of frowned upon uh, back, back then. Um, and I actually, when I was in AAA, my second year in AAA, uh, my uh, hitting instructor I had tried to get me to, to pull the ball and hit the ball in the air. And I, I, I was very, I was very successful before that. And then I went into a big slump over the course of a month. Uh, and then the, the people from the Yankees kind of came down and said, Hey, forget about that. Just go back and hit. And, and I kind of learned my lesson uh, at, at that point in time. Like I, I knew what my strength, what my strengths were, my, what my strength was. And, and that was spraying the bar on the ballpark. And after that, I, I didn't deviate a whole lot. I tried to drive the ball. Uh, in certain counts and in certain situations, and I tried to learn how to do it. Um, but but ultimately, I, I knew I knew that getting hits was that was the, my game. How often do you keep in touch with former teammates? You know, uh, it's fun you ask. I, I I probably get three or four texts a day uh, from uh, uh, Joe Oliver, Chris Sabo, and I are in a little text string, and we 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 laugh and joke about a lot of things. Hold on, Sabo's <laughs> so, texting. Oh, oh yeah, I get. I hear. I hear from. I hear from Saves and and Joe all the time. Um, and in uh, uh, in we we the rest of the guys we kind of we we, we kind of stay in touch. Uh, you know, probably you know uh, every every I don't know six months we you hear from someone else. You know, but uh, we we do a decent job of of staying in contact. And and the funny thing is when we do get together for reunions and what have you. It, it's like 
you know, we, we've seen each other every day for the last 30 years. You know, nothing's changed. I want to know when you guys all get together, who gets picked on the most out of that group? Uh, who are who you, you guys know, beating up on pretty good? Well, uh, let me let me think about that. <laughs> it, 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 it gets spread around pretty well, you know. To be honest with you, uh, the thing about the, about that group of guys is is they, they could all give it pretty pretty well, and, and they don't they don't discriminate. It, it, you know, it, it goes in all directions. <laughs> that's very fair. Uh, it, it, one of the things that's being talked about in baseball right now is banning the shift, and it sounds like that is something that is that is coming. Um, now, you were a guy that had great control at the plate. You could kind of hit the ball all over, as we talked about before. So what are your thoughts on, on, on baseball banning the shift? Uh, you know, I, I don't understand the need to do that. Frankly, I, I, I had thought, you know, five years ago that, that, that you'd start to see an evolution in the hitters, that they would go back to, to kind of flattening their swings and spraying the ball on the ballpark more. Um, I, I think if, if you look at the way that the hitters are developed now, there's such an emphasis on pitting the ball up in the air and trying to hit it out of the ballpark that, that it, uh, you know, has become – kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy you know these guys just aren't taught how to spray the ball around i think they can do it i just don't think that they're taught that anymore um so um again i i think that uh um there's there's a frustration with certain people about the number of strikeouts in the game and 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 they'd like to see more contact they'd like to see more in runs and, and kind of traditional baseball is as us older guys knew it but I, I didn't think you would come to this, to be honest with you. Well, how we appreciate you joining us. It is great to hear. It's it's just it's great to turn back the clock and, and hear from guys like you. And I wish I could be a fly on the wall when you guys get back together because that 1990 team was beloved in Reds country, not only for the excellence on the field, but the characters that you guys had in that clubhouse. And it has to be one of the joys of your life to be included in that group. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed chatting, and, and it was uh, it was more fun for us than it was for anyone else. So uh, we, we always the guys, you know, uh, think about that that time very fondly. Well, that's awesome, and uh, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks again, Hal, and uh, hope we can hope we can talk some baseball again sometime in the near future. It was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. All right, Hal Morris. 1990 World Series champion joining us on the Reds Hot Stove League. Uh, just a just a fun guy to talk to, and and you know, Man, I, could he hit? Oh, could he hit? I tell oh. you what, I mean, he had a oh. lifetime three oh four average. Oh yeah, he could hit. They, you know, he would he had the rub against him of the the lack of power from the first base position, and Sean Casey had that same thing. He dealt with it, who hit for average and a, a three hundred career hitter as well, Casey. So, um, but man, he could just hit. He could just hit no, with that unique style of moving those feet in that batter's box. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was fun to watch. And uh, like I said before, professional hitter. We'll be back yeah. to wrap up the Reds Hot Stove League after this on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Reds Hot Stove League, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum has opened a new exhibit. Los Rojos, a celebration of Latino impact on the Reds and Major League Baseball. Presented by Dinsmore, fans can explore the imprint made by the many Latino stars who have etched their names in baseball history with the Reds and other Major League teams. Visit RedsMuseum.org to plan your next visit.
And, uh, boy, as if you need an excuse to go to the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. It is a uh, spectacular, spectacular museum. With Jim Day, I am Tommy Thrall, wrapping things up here on the Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Uh, Jim, always fun to chat with Hal Morris. Jay Allen uh, was very, very impressive. And, um, again, we talked earlier about, about Jay Allen a little bit. You've seen him out there. You touched on it some. Uh, th- does he look like a kid that that was just in high school a year ago? No, actually, he doesn't. And another guy, another young guy, Reese Hines, who was, uh, you know, not much older than him. I mean, you want to talk about put together now. Reese Hines is a a large human being and large for a baseball player, and moved him to the outfield, which I think is a good move. Um, he looks. I mean, those guys. You know, when you're doing the eye test, not just looking, you know, the all airport team, the guys that look good going through the airport. Uh, these guys pass the test. They look like they have major league bodies. So it's uh, very, very impressive. That's a, I, I mean, that those are obviously, that's kind of a, uh, a superficial thing uh, to some extent, but there's a lot to be said for that too, because that's not something uh, that you can necessarily say about reds uh prospects in the past as a whole as a collection i should say no there's no doubt and i think you know the reds have talked about it wanting to get more athletic through their drafting and development and you're seeing that in drafting a lot of middle infielders that you're drafting athletes that can play multiple positions and we've seen the game change in that regard where guys have to be more versatile and play more positions and to do that you've got to have athletic players and i think they are trying to get more athletic and be better defensively in turn as well with these athletic players so i think you're seeing that sprinkling in throughout the whole system and in years from now i think it's going to be a very very athletic organization as a whole yeah we'll see how uh, how many years it will take hopefully it's uh, it's one of those things where the the progress is quick we're out of time for this edition of the reds hot stove league thanks so much for joining us big thanks to our engineer the broadcast sheriff dave keaton also thanks to hal morris for taking some time to join us as well and for jay allen and of course jim day out in arizona this is tommy thrall thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week this is the reds hot stove league on the reds radio network good night